So what's your reason? Hi, we're here with uh, Zach Perry Lapointe. Uh, he was our very first guest because Zach's back. Yeah, that that's. I guess that'll fit. And in case that's... you didn't quite hear what that was, because it just sounded like a high pitched squeal. Maybe it did. That oh. was Zach saying Zach's back because it's very exciting. Zach is one of the co-founders of Million Reasons to Vote and our partner in crime for all things. Criminal, at least. We would like to... Uh, <laughs> criminal adjacent. <laughs> criminal adjacent. <laughs> right at the top of the show, we would like to warn everyone that at least Matthew and I have had a very, very, very stressful day. Children, virtual learning, our... Puppy that was supposed to be delivered was not delivered. We have some arguments amongst extended family members. The holidays are coming. I can't find anything in my entire life at all. So it's been a bit stressful. So we might be a little bit mouthier than normal. We apologize in advance, Zach and listeners. I don't think I need the trigger warning. No. I'm pretty good. I don't need the trigger warning. But the, You've add, been around us in high-stress situations. <laughs> I mean, the wedding day. Oh, well, that's true. I was a super chill bride until the day of, and then I was like, but what? But what if? But what if? It worked out, though. We're like sitting here. Things. Married. For better or worse. Mostly because I'm better. around, and you don't want to be like, Zach, bad news. <laughs> That first wedding you officiated. She, she didn't make that <laughs> kind of sound like it, it was for worse on that one. But it really is for better. She said for better or for worse, kind of in a way. I, I meant the worse on my end today. Oh, no. No, not even a little bit. A little background. Uh, I lost $1,000 today. <laughs> well, not today. I paid for a dog that is not going to be our dog. So, yeah. You know, uh, just, those people oh, who uh, get scammed on the internet, it happens. And you they're know. not just old ladies. It's not. I'm a well-seasoned internet entrepreneur, and uh, yeah, I, so I got cheesed. And, and it was <laughs> it was definitely a legitimate scam, man. I'll give them that. Was, I know. I sent, so I was telling They, they even had our names on, like, the website and stuff. Like, these guys were good. Yeah. So another really shout-out for Adrian. I was talking to her about it, and she's like, I need to see this website. Do I need to hurt somebody? And so I sent her the website. She goes, this looks so legit. I was like, yes, thank you. You're one of the smartest people I know. That's fair. <laughs> it made me feel better. But so it really doesn't help where we're kind of at with uh, what our whole point of this today's show is, right? Today's show is about voting, right? The whole reason why we started Million Reasons to Vote was to educate people on voting, right? Like, I actually, I guess I assumed more people understood our system of voting when I first kind of embarked on this. Like, I thought people had a, at least a basic understanding of, of how we vote in this country. I mean, I don't know why you thought that. Because <laughs> you are married to me, and until mm. I met you... I didn't give jack shit about any of this nonsense. And to this day, I don't understand how most of it works. And we are a we are a poorly ranked democracy when it comes to actual 
voter participation yeah. anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's that. It's true. And it's not even the participation, it's the information. And like, right, like being able to find the information and also just having the desire to find it. Because that's where I was. Like, I know how to research things. I understand things when I do research them. But I have so much other shit in my life that 90% of the time, until I met Matthew, because it's important to him, I just <laughs> didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to waste space in my brain on it. And I feel like that's where the average American okay, is. So, do you feel like you care a little bit more now? Yeah, because, well, first of all, I started caring when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were. That was really the catalyst of like, oh, this shit actually does matter. And and that was toward the beginning of our relationship. relationship. Right. So it, it kind of coincided. But I, I think she started to realize how much politics can be important in your everyday life if you totally ignore it. Right. Like, And I think that's what's happening. Like that that has been the problem that the average person ignores what's going on. Because is, they think, oh, I don't matter. My voice doesn't matter. My right. vote doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. So they just don't participate. Which for me, I know that you, ha- we all have our own reasons to be a part of Million Reasons to Vote. For me, it was that idea of I was that person who didn't know what I was talking about and didn't care to know what I was talking about. And those are the people that I want to reach and inform and educate so that they do have a voice and so they do care and pay attention. Well, right. So, and that's, okay. So I want to start this whole conversation by starting with that understanding of America is not perfect, right? Like it, it is not voting perfection. It is not, it's not this idea that we can go back to something that was, you know, everybody voted at the beginning and, it, it was so, per- the truth is, the reason why everybody that could vote at the beginning voted was because they limited the amount of people that could vote by so much that the people that could vote cared, <laughs> right? Like, it was kind of like one of those things where if only 25% of your population gets to vote, it's a pretty special thing. They, they, they looked at it as if it was like, this new special gift that every man was given, right? Like that, that was literally the point, right? Like they took something from the British King. They took their ability to run their own government. Now, what we ended up with was the constitution. That's, that's a little different than I I think what people even understand it to be right now. It is not the bill of rights, right? Like those things that everybody talks about, the Second Amendment with the, the idea of having your guns and the First Amendment with speech and all of that kind of stuff. That's actually not the Constitution. Well, Those are the first 10 amendments of the Constitution. Amendments, right? Like, right, they are very specific. They're part of the Constitution. They are, they are now, but they weren't beyond. originally, is his point. So the Founding Fathers knew this. When they actually passed, which, by the way, did not pass unanimously, when they passed the Constitution, they passed it knowing they were going to pass the Bill of Rights. Like, this was not a mistake. This was not something that they said, oh, no, 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 we should include these amendments because this belongs in the Constitution. No, they actually said, no, we're going to pass it as is, and then we're going to add these things on because we know there's problems with it. 
we know that there's contradictions. We know that there are issues that we're going to have to fix and they're going to have to keep fixing them, right? Like the whole point was to make sure that in the future, when times change, when the needs change, we had the capability of changing the way we do things. We have changed things multiple times in the United States past. We changed them in the 1860s quite a lot. Well, I mean, like, it is one of our great American pastimes, like, promise to change the world, or in this case, create a new society, but, oh, we're not going to change everything at once. We're going to do it in the most moderate method we can. Well, so actually, I think that that's, that's necessary, right? Like, so what? Perhaps now, but not when you're starting a country. They, it, believe it or not, most of the laws that they had were directly taken out of British Parliament. It's not as if... It's because that's not a flaw. It wasn't a completely flawed system. Ah, see, right. Like, right, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like the, 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 the system isn't completely flawed. There are flaws within it. Right, like there, there are, there are things that we need to fix as far as the way that we treat individuals. No question, like, but the way that you do that is not flawed, right? Like, our actual constitution is your ability to vote for representation that then, a, runs Congress, right? Makes your legis your your legislation makes your laws. Right. But then you get to vote for the head of the executive that enforces those laws. Right. Like it's to kind of I, I don't I want to say manipulate because that's the truth. That's what an executive officer kind of does for the United States of America. They manipulate things to go in the direction in which the people voted for them to go. Now, the judicial branch keeps them and Congress in line. Right? Like they're the ones who are the referee. Because of the way that this is, the system works, the only way that it actually really truly works for the individual, for the average person, is if the average person votes. Because if you don't vote, you're not going to get laws that are made with your representation in mind. You, your vote allows for your state representative, your local representative, and then your federal representative to go and represent your point of view. The higher you go up, the less your, your specific point of view is going to be looked at. That is just reality. That's why you need to vote for mayor. Right. And not just mayor, just city council. Offices. How many people actually vote for their, their school board? I do. I did last time because I knew the people that were running. <laughs> um, it, it does come in handy when your husband's boss's wife is running for your local school board. Exactly. <laughs> and so here, here is the truth, right? Like the people that have kids in school, we tend to vote. But when before I had kids in school, before I really thought I had any skin in the game, I didn't care. Well, it's Except because the idea is, and this is what I tell people, you might not have kids in school. So you don't want to pay your school tax, but you have to live in the community yeah, see, here we go. in which those kids are going to be a part of someday. Here don't you want them to be educated? Absolutely. I have no children in a school district anywhere. 
I still pay attention to and vote in my school board elections because I live in a community and I don't want those little brats to become poorly educated schmucks. Okay, so who get to decide what happens? Right, especially because, like, let's think about this: the kids that are in schools right now are the ones who are going to be running things when we are in nursing Decrepit. homes. Decrepit. Okay, right. so actually, so you guys just hit right on the head of the the original kind of argument in this country. The same argument that we kind of have today, right? Like this idea of whether or not the average American can is educated enough, informed enough, capable enough to be able to do the same things that the elite, right, are capable of doing. Now, in Washington State, like the the way that that argument started, it was the elite of the crown, right? Like that they were fighting against this idea of the crown literally saying, no, you don't even have a vote on how much tax you're going to have to pay for me to be on this, this, or this. You're not going to have a vote on whether or not you go to war. We're just going to force you to do it, right? Like, And they fought against that, and they got the vote for the average white man. It has been <laughs> a very long time, and we're, we're at that point where the average person does have a vote, right? Like in Washington... His greatest gift to us was that idea of saying to us, our responsibility as a citizen is to do everything we can to be informed and then vote. Right? Yes, they have. everyone has the right to the vote. We've created a system in which people are disenfranchised and intentionally kept away from the vote. And so that's where it becomes okay. a responsibility of those, who are, those of us who are aware of that to, that's I think what this whole thing is about. Well, again, though, there are people who are just intentionally kept in the dark and disenfranchised. Well, our education system does not do a good job of teaching civics at all in this country. And it's because the dumb, the dumber you have, the dumber your base, the less that they're going to be asking you questions that you can't answer. You know, The, the easier it is for you to manipulate people, the less information you give, the more you keep them in the dark, the more you can get away with what you want. We it's very cynical for me, at least. Normally, I don't try to be the cynical but the system is broken in that it's designed to keep the people with power in power i so i think the way that the way that washington would have failed was it was designed to keep the average person from allowing a populist saying a lot of really really uh inflammatory but nice sounding things to a good population good percentage of the population wouldn't be able to take over from what the actual majority really needs and really wants, right? Like the idea of the average person hearing what a man like Donald Trump says, right? Like that is exactly what they were trying to stop is the idea of them hearing that and then Donald Trump being able to just jump to the powers of the presidency. That was the reason why they put in the Electoral College. That may have been the original intent. Right. But it's so, not something that we did any we did any justice for. We haven't done an adequate job of maintaining that. So intent. who's broken? Is Our the, society is the, is the, the constitution society. right? Is the constitution broken or is the American voter broken? Right, like the American voter is broken. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson said it best. Right, like we have a quote. Um, I'll look it up. You keep talking. Yeah, I mean it. it it's great. Like it, it. It's that idea that we really do 
we have a problem in this country not with our politicians. We have a problem with the fact that we don't talk to each other. Well, and I mean, like, we got Donald Trump as our president because that is what we asked for. Right, he's a symptom of a greater problem. Yeah, Yeah, that's what, like, people riot in streets. We have Proud Boys rioting in streets just as much as any other group is, and it's all because... And I want to point out broken system that is very ill and is well, has no, become so devoid of. Is civility. it the system? Is it uh, is it the system that's broken? Is it is it is it the system that's the problem? Is yes. It, okay, so that I uh, disagree. Quote that you were looking for one objective reality is that our government doesn't work, not because we have dysfunctional politicians, but because we have dysfunctional voters. Neil and Sebastian. our government is supposed to be operated by us. We are the buck stops with us, and we are the broke. Our system is broken because it is us. And it's not necessarily the average voter as an individual. No, it's the system that that we are not teaching our children the importance of voting and what it is that they need to do. Like that, I don't know very many people that graduate high school and even know that you have to vote for the school board or that. You, that, well, you that your town has village trustees that you need to vote right. on. They just don't understand. They don't know. And if they don't know, then obviously they're not going to do it. And, and each different region has a different local government, by the way, everybody. Like the idea of saying a mayor is for everybody, that's actually not true, right? You have city right. councils in some places. You have wards that have different kinds of ways of, uh, of but dealing again, with it's, all of it, right? Like, it, you comes have to find down, it comes down to education. The average voter is not educated in the way our system works. We have a, the basics of we all watch how a bill gets made from Schoolhouse Rock. You know what I mean? But the actual here. details of what we need to do, we didn't learn in school. And so that's where I believe it starts. And it's not the average voter's fault. Right. But at this point, we understand the problem. Like, Maya Angelou would say, do your best, and then, or how does it go? When you know better, you do better. Is that, am I saying that right? I have no idea. But that's the sense. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it works for you me. Do, you probably you do the up, best but. you can until you know better, then you do better. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the problem is, that I think that there's not a lot of, there's not a lot that is pushing people to do better anymore. Like, rotary clubs are disappearing, and auxiliary clubs are disappearing, and like all of these, and though none of them was perfect, all these organizations that encouraged civic engagement within your community, you know, we always say politics is local and that's where the real change matters, but that's where we as Americans show up the least likely. You know, we are not, we, we show up for big elections, but when the, when the mayor is running, right. when our city ward right. council right. people and, and ward who leaders are running. And are the people running. that typically run for those higher offices? Like famous people. Senate. Well, no, I'm not even, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The Senate and typically your vice president. They're not president. people from your backyard, usually. They're not. Right, but it's people who started there somewhere, exactly. right? Well, okay, and that's actually... That's a big thing for me. So I, I want let's let's start from this idea of the the differences in state and federal government. Just a basic, right? Like just how this actually works, right? Everybody keeps arguing about well, it's states' rights and it's federal rights, blah blah blah. Okay, look, 
Let's break it down to this. The way that it actually works is each state has rights all the way up to the federal constitution. The federal constitution gives the rights to the federal government that allows it to kind of supersede any state. Now that was put in stone right after the Civil War, right? Like if anybody wants to argue that point right now, like I, I say, go look at General Lee and the way that he lived, right? Like who he was at the end of that. I mean, right? Like he was not a dis, like dishonored man when he died. He, he was the head of a university, like, right? Like it actually has his name on it today, right? Like because he actually admitted, no, I, I, I was wrong, right? Like I, we need to go back to the union. Like we, we lost, the, the cause is done. We are part of the union. It, so there's a story about him traveling back and he meets this mother who has this young boy next to her and she's crying. And it's probably a story, right? Like it's, it's probably made, but he's talking, he, he's riding up and she, she stops him and she says, general, general, you know, this is my, my last son. I've lost all my other boys to, to the war, you know, to the cause. What should I teach my boy? And the story says that, he said, teach him to love the union, right? Now, the antithesis of that is your Jefferson Davis, right? He was the exact opposite. He ran like a little girl. Uh, like, oh. First of all. Sorry, my bad. That was really I wrong. I understand that, he, where you're going with this because I've heard this story 9,000 times. Yes. And so I get the whole idea that he wore a dress so that he could not run away. Not a dress, a shawl. Like he put a shawl Whatever. over he there. He dressed like so a woman so that he could run away. So I get where you're and going. And it wasn't like the he idea. ran like a girl. Uh, but I have I cannot let that phrase go by as a true no, feminist right. who is raising two strong daughters. If you're gonna run like a little girl, then that is excellent, and you are gonna be beautiful while you're doing it. And, and it is not an uh, insult. And there were Continue. literally hundreds of women that disguised themselves as as men during all of our wars and like really, really courageous women and everything. It was really wrong of me to say. I'm not going to. He knew as soon as I opened my yeah. mouth because I've called him on that one multiple uh, times. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that that is the difference between an honorable and a dishonorable man, in my opinion. Yes, it's the hiding and the running away. Yeah. The, yes, the, I agree completely. The disguising himself. You Whereas know? Robert Ely, as you're saying, stood up, said, I've lost. And so now I'm going to serve the country that is here because I fought my war and I lost. Right. And, and so we made that decision, right? Like that, that's when we became the United States of America. Now, I guess in the 1930s, if anybody wants to remember that period of time, we had this America first argument again. <laughs> you know, like th this literally, these slogans could be ripped out of the headlines of 1931, 32, 33, all the way up until, you know, Japan attacked us. Now, I, I get it. Like, it sounds great. Like, it, it sounds like, you know, the rest of the world has been screwing us over, but it's just well, there's the also truth. the idea of taking care of your own house before you start trying to take care of somebody yeah. else's. It, it is actually true. I I, I agree with that. Not one saying that I have a nationalistic, you know, worldview, but I can understand the argument. Well, well, I think it's I think that it needs to be 
part of the approach. You need to be taking your house doesn't have to be in perfect order, but sure. yeah, we no, need to be true. taking care of our house. But because of where we stand on a global stage, and nationalists don't like this, but we live in a global society, and I think that oh, this sorry. year has proven if like anything, you know, uh, <laughs> it has proven that we are. <laughs> we, we live in a global society in which one little bug can affect the entire right. planet. So I think... <laughs> I agree with the idea that we are we have things that we need to fix and we have to be looking at them. We need to be removing the the plank of wood from our eyes type of deal, right? You know. Oh, well, okay, so here, so there that is. we can help to remove the speck around the world. I still think we need to be playing that role. Not everybody. I know is that in makes that absolute position. sense because if I waited until my life was perfect to help other people, I would never help anyone. Exactly. Oh, none right. of us none of us would, you know? Right. Life is a work in progress. I and think sometimes I need you doesn't... to help me. Exactly. I wouldn't be able to help myself whether I was helping somebody else or not. So let me take the things that I'm good at to help you and ask and depend on someone else to help me. Yeah. That's community. I, I would put it in the, the terms of we don't need to police somebody to help them. Right? Oh, like yeah. that is our problem. As Americans We've allowed this concept of we're a Christian nation and we're going to go help everybody, but it's going to come at but you we'll doing do it, it at our, our like the way that we do it, like specific way that we do it too, which is just, no, I'm sorry. We cannot do that. Like if we learn anything, anything at all from our history, from the teachings of Jesus Christ, from the teachings of our founder, founding fathers, it is that idea that forcing people to do things tends to bite you in the ass. And, and I would argue that no one here would support forced intervention or regime change. No, but we, have, like, we but definitely do. As our a nationalistic, or our national, it almost seems like the same people who are nation first are also the, the very likely ones to say, do it our way or we'll no way. We'll help you if you do it our exactly. way. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? And you know, I think that there needs to be, we need to be able to accept, you know, like if you, like most entry-level ethics courses teach you that there's really not a universal ethics, you know, like mm. the, every single society on the planet has its own moral code. There and you go. for us to offer help on the condition that you alter your moral code to match ours is heinous mm. and imperialistic. I think that if... Right, it, but it also boils down to that idea, and I don't mean to keep playing the devil's advocate, but <clears throat> there's the idea of, yes, you have your own moral code and you get to be your own person, you get to be your own society, but we also don't want to be the ones who watch human rights right. being violated. No, so do no harm should always should be the premise of, our, of the way that we intervene in any... Right. Well, I, so because or the way that we work on the global like, stage. And the reason why I brought that up specifically is so like when you were talking about moral code, it just made me think of Middle Eastern countries where women are treated in a different way. Some of those cultures and some of those women, they choose to live that way based on their moral code and the right. way that they were raised. And so there is that balance as a liberal when you walk into, like, I want to accept who you are yeah. and embrace and love you for who you are. But then there's the, also that feminist of, like, I don't want to see you being oppressed. You know what's, and I completely agree it's with you, and I saw, I saw a really fascinating 
me years ago. And on one side, I had a woman walking down the street with her children and she's in a full burqa. And then on the other side, it shows a woman in a an American flag bikini and mm. she's on the beach and all of the the bros are around and it's like and I think it says something to the effect of which woman is being oppressed here. Right. And it's the idea that like I don't like there are people it in this world. It ultimately boils down to is that her choice. Exactly. Exactly. And when we are when we have our own forms of oppression that may not look the same, but certainly tell we, you know, Sharia law tells women that they are meant to be barely seen and not heard and to serve their household and so for some of them they take their faith very seriously and they believe that and they dutifully and lovingly are wives and mothers and build communities and that is their choice american ideology tends to tell girls that unless you're beyond brilliant or beyond gorgeous don't bother because you're not going to fit into society and we don't want to see or hear from you and there's even become a more vitriolic we don't want to hear from the smart ones anymore either. Let's go back to just looking at the pretty uh, dumb I mean, ones. I, right. I, I, so I, think I mean, do, do I agree is. that there's people out there that are like that? Yes. But do I think that it's worse than ever? No. I, I mean, I, I think we just notice it more now because we, we have a better understanding of it. But there is no doubt that we're not going backwards, right? Like, there are people that are getting fired for things that would have been okay in the 90s. Trust me, I know. I witnessed it, right? Like, it... it there is no question we are better off than where we were 20 years ago. So we do have to think about it in terms of, yes, did, did the last four years feel like we hit a brick wall and maybe took a step backwards, right? Like that, that's how it feels like, feels to all of us. But we have to think about it in terms of how far we had come in a very short period of time in terms of history. Like this is not, this is not a, a sprint that is going to be over tomorrow. Even if you did pass laws that everybody's thinking that government is going to is going to do government is not the whole freaking answer. Like it never will be, right? Like that's a conservative thing that I think liberals need to understand. You want to change the world, the government is not the way to freaking do it. The way to do it is at the kitchen table. Right? Like I I I am in one of the most tumultuous times of my life with my own family, right? Like I, I am, I'm in one of those periods where I, I, sometimes I don't understand the point, right? Like, and I am doing everything that I can to not just unload every feeling that I ever have. Right. But the truth is they're pretty secluded. I mean, I, I geographically, or no, personally? just personally, just when, when you feel like the whole world is against you, like they do, right? Like if you listen to a conservative, everything that they're talking about, they're the victim in like, and, and I'm, I know liberals understand the idea of them telling us that, right? Like, but Everybody knows that usually what you're screaming at other people about is because you have an issue with it yourself. That's true. And right now, strong, like strong-hearted conservatives see that the world that they grew up in, the world that they they knew as children, it's gone, and it's fucking gone. Yeah, they're scared. I mean, yeah. like they are not wrong 
to un to be understanding that like no different like and I, I can promise you this in the 1930s the 60 year olds that were sitting there hearing the idea of oh my god social security it's gonna bankrupt me i've got to pay into this tax that i will never see a dime of because guess what social security took 10 years before it ever paid out anything so there were people built. that's right you had to build up the actual account there were people that were willing to do it, but try to trust you. <laughs> like, hey, if you were told that you were going to pay into a tax that you were never going to see a dime of, and you knew it because you were so yeah, old. Yeah, but like, my kids are going to see it. Yeah. And, 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 and most, and you know what? Actually, I would say 70%, 75%. Right, which is why it got passed. Well, that's why, you know. Ah, see, right? Like, this is, FDR had that understanding. And I always go back to his first inauguration speech, right? He talked about the fear of doing things, stopping us from, from doing what we needed to do. And that's what's happening right now. So what do we need to do? We literally need to invest in those things in a way that isn't scary, right? Like to the average person, they understand that this cell phone that I'm holding in my hand, it has changed the world. It, it's got more computing power than the thing that got us to the moon. But in order to actually make that computing power work throughout all society, we have to make it work for our leadership, right? Like, for some reason, we're still doing things in the same way that we did in, what, 1930? Well, our, so <laughs> as society evolves, so too does the way that our government operates and is executed. It should. I think that we have remained stagnant. We have. And that's what makes it. That's why we're feeling the growing pains that we're feeling now. And I mean, and I have, I've said this a few times to some folks, like this has, the, the, this country, the idea of America has always been an experiment. No one has ever pretended that it wasn't an experiment. You know, the Roman Empire tried to do republics and the, and manage them by their standards well enough. And, and Greek democracy did. worked for them. And when we decided that we were going to throw the two together and get a little crazy, uh, the world knew that we were taking a chance and that it was going and to be having everybody by the way, trust everybody, a few people. His, uh, his little Roman thing there, Donald Trump is no Caesar. Okay. Like, I, I know everybody thinks that he's like the Antichrist. Oh, no, he's much more stuff. Caligula. <laughs> no, not even close, man. Like, he, he is... No, I think that Donald, a, Donald Trump is a symptom of the cancer that is growing in the fabric of American identity. And it's actually both, like, so I, I honestly, I know just as many far left people that would like to see the whole thing burn down as I do. Well, I mean, AOC, I mean, I love that she, I love everything about her. She is bold and exciting and doesn't try to hide who she is but we haven't even sworn in the new administration yet and she's already Thank tearing them you. apart and i'm like can you you realize that the supreme court that we were terrified of is barely holding shit together and refusing to hear cases and allowing the lower courts to make rulings in relation to this election and today the electors are doing what they're supposed to do in order to preserve the democracy and you're over here ripping apart the same like 
the person who is from the same party as you and the person who is our best hope at moving forward before he's even had a chance to take the oath of office and move us forward. Um, she is the classic screaming about not getting perfection just to shoot herself in the foot so she can't get better. Right? Like, she's already setting up the administration for failure. And, and we did this to Barack Obama. Well, like, like, do people not understand that, yes, you need change. It, it, that needs to happen. There is no question about that. But that change, if you don't bring people along with you, isn't it's not it, it doesn't do you it's any good. <laughs> it's not change if you aren't genuinely bringing people with you. It's it, just it, it's literally it's it's a band aid. It, it's a band aid that's going to get you through a couple of days, but the the and, flood of blood is going to be bad. And you don't you don't get a nation of over three hundred thirty million people to the other end of the spectrum by electing one man and one woman to office. Uh, you know, like it's going to take it's going to take President elect Biden. It's going to take Vice President elect Harris, maybe becoming President elect Harris. It's going to take at least a generation and a half to be able to even get partway through some of those changes. Some of them we don't have the time for. I can understand being as blatantly obnoxious as you possibly can about climate change and the Green New Deal and finding ways to move us toward a safer, greener, more environmentally sustainable tomorrow because that is a ticking time bomb. And actually, but, I think that that's something that both sides can understand. And, and agree and, on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even just on money-wise, by the way, like, I, I want to think economically, I, I, I keep wanting to, to try to get my conservative brethren here to understand that this has little to do with the... The climate crisis that I see has more to do with the idea of the economic insanity of paying billions of dollars to oil corporations to do something that we know would be cheaper. To and do you know what? Do some, I, it's just insane. It's Chevron just crazy. and Exxon and BP. They all know it. If you all want us to keep giving you billions of dollars, that's fine. Just abandon fossil fuels and start... Well, Investing more heavily, well, you, divest, see, you divest from fossil fuels. You, you don't Divest. abandon computer. Someday we'll be abandoned. necessary right now. But you divest and then take that money and put it into hydro, solar, <sighs> and electric. Well, hydrogen, man. Hydrogen fuel for our cars, our trucks, really. Because you know what? Our, our cars are so little. Like your, your, your I mean, family cars and stuff, they're, they're just a small little portion, right? Like it, it's the Mack trucks. It's... It's the massive, massive generation of heat and all that kind and of stuff. And it's our buildings. Well, right. Like, it's our buildings. It's and the, that's, so the natural gas power may that. be better than coal and oil, but it's still a pollutant nonetheless. Right. So hydrogen and That's where most of our CO2 output comes from is our buildings. But we have, an, we have a massive rail system across this country, allegedly one that built this country and led us to a massive growth when it did, and one of the things that helped the North to win the Civil War. My point is, if we just reinvested in our rail system, we could pull trucks off the road, switch to smaller, have more transportation hubs and smaller, more environmentally friendly vehicles to go from a transportation hub hub 35 miles up the road to wherever it's got to go, instead of throwing a bunch of stuff in a Walmart truck and hauling it 
across the state, and in this case, even further. Now, okay, we got to break it down though on why that stuff happens. Like, the, the well, truth it, is, there's cost it, savings, it, of course. But. Well, it's not even just cost savings; it's actually about time. Uh, in order to ship stuff through rail, we'd have to m- multiply the amount of rails that there are so that you could get that many shipments going to, per day. Because the amount of people that want it immediately. Mm, that's just not stuff for them. Our, our convenience factor, right? Like, that's our problem. Like, it, everything wonder, is ordered. We wonder, why we, we wonder why we're seeing so many ADHD diagnoses. Well, I think we're making ourselves that way. Oh, we, but we don't have the patience. We don't have the ability to focus long enough or to, we don't, we certainly don't have the delayed gratification of waiting for anything anymore. <laughs> or I mean, working yeah, for something anymore. I'm not going to disagree. Like, I mean, I, I, I just, the number of people who have been so angry that something isn't going to be delivered on time. Well, it's it, 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 so, okay, this comes all back to our, our original discussion about voting, right? Like, this is the point, right? Like, we need instant gratification. Well, it's only every two years that you even vote for Congress. It's only six, every, well, the House. It's every six years you vote for the Senate. Every four years, you vote for your uh, uh, president. And then governors are all different. State senators are all different. But so people, when they vote, they have this one issue, right? Like they have this important issue that they vote for. And then they, when that thing is done, they think that they're passed. They think that, okay, I don't need to really pay attention as much anymore, right? Like it's done, it's over and everything. But that's actually not how it works. Like the system... So you pass a law, but then it can be actually taken to court, right? Like, so legislation is passed, and then the states get to take their crack at it, like, and say, well, wait, this this breaks our constitution, or this we think this breaks this part of the constitution, right? So then it goes to the judges all throughout the federal system, all throughout sometimes the state systems and lower courts and all of that kind of stuff, right? Like, all of this stuff. The reason why we're having issues with people saying, well, they're not representing me. They're not representing me. Because sometimes they're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and to be fair, many times these days they're not. Um, we, even, at the, I would argue at the federal level, at the state level, at least speaking, yeah, but speaking I mean, for us general. at the very least, we have, state, we have elected state officials who actually do their jobs, well, agree or disagree with them. They do their jobs. Well, actually, I, I, I would I would even say, look at the Supreme Court right now. Yes. Do, it's doing do its I, job. Right. Do I disagree with some of their the decisions that they've come down with? Of course. I, right? Like, I, I understand my my liberal side of things, right? Like, I am not far, far liberal, but I am liberal, man. I always have been. The problem that I see with the way that liberals kind of go at this is they scream bloody murder about things that are not bloody murder. Like, the idea of comparing right now Donald Trump with a man like Hitler is impossible. Like, I, charismatically, they're not the same. The things that they've done throughout his history, like, no. Even Donald Trump, four years into his power, compared to what Hitler did right before he took power, and four years of it? No, trust me. Like, just... The things that they did, like, basically, all it does is push the other side into thinking that when we do, when the left does get into power, that they're going to go so far to the left, right, that it makes it really easy 
for a guy like Donald Trump to say, oh, look at Obamacare. That was really far to the left. Now, you mean Romney care for, for Massachusetts? Well, actually, it's, even, it's <laughs> like, even less than that now, right? Like, so here's the truth. They didn't really change anything other than stopping people from having to pay $600 a year, by the way. Uh, I want every, like, anybody that hears this, I, I, chances are you're probably a little liberal if you're listening to this, but the, the truth is, tell everybody that will ever listen to you, it was a $600 a year thing that changed Obamacare into Trump care. Like, that's what Donald Trump literally said himself. So, again, you gotta vote. Donald Trump wouldn't have been able to do any of this stuff, right? Like, if people hadn't have thought to themselves, oh, well, Hillary Clinton, mm, I just don't trust her. Who, by the way, is herself a moderate Democrat. In fact, maybe the face of the moderate wing of the Democratic Party and would not have taken us in leaps and bounds to the left like so many people argue she would have. Um, I actually, I, I, and my, my biggest thing, I, I love the whole idea of, so Donald Trump was smart for not not paying taxes, right? Like he, he got away with not having to pay a whole lot of taxes when he got money from his daddy. He, he doesn't pay a whole lot of taxes. We know that. He admits that. He says that it's he's smart for not doing that, right? Thank now, you, Mr. President, for showing us all the loopholes that we now need to vehemently oppose. <laughs> now that we know exactly which ones are helping you, we're going to do everything we can to close them because that's not but how it's supposed to work. My, my favorite part about all of this is somehow Donald Trump is smart for that, right? The Hillary Clinton, who they all claim, I mean, they all, all to a T, right? Every one of them claims is the biggest criminal to ever live, right? This woman runs sex, child sex rings out of pizza parlors. She kills people. She does things that mafia bosses would cringe at, right? Like, no question. Like there is This is all being said facetiously, by the way. We don't genuinely believe that Hillary Clinton is a mob boss evil killer. No, no, I'm saying they do. I know, like, I just I'm wanted saying... to make it very clear that we... In no, case no, no, you're no. just coming in. I, I, in case you're just coming in. Well, I hope you're not just coming uh, Anyway. <laughs> this is... Anyway. We are arguing the, against the, idea, the argument that well, Hillary okay. Clinton is all these things. <laughs> No, but the point is that somehow Hillary Clinton is all of these things and she's really dumb because they're easily catching her. But yet Donald Trump's handpicked people to go into the strongest like law enforcement agency that's ever existed, right? Like these people have access to information that would literally make most people shit their pants. Right? Like, and I'm not, I'm not joking on that. Like, right? Like, if you found out how many actual serial killers and how many, like, really, really horrible things are actually going on around you, you would probably sit in your room with a gun and just hold up. Right? Like, that is the truth. I'm not far from hiding away in my house. So, yeah, let's not, let's not test the faith there. Or tempt the faith, I should say, rather. The truth is, they have all of this information, access to all of this. And they couldn't get her with anything? Like, so, nothing. So then... So who's the dumb one? Okay, so I feel like <laughs> we uh, we veered a little. I, um, I know, I know, I know. I, I just I just have to say, she Hillary goes, Clinton... she leaves us, this is what happens. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Sorry, Hil uh, Hillary... Julia, yeah, Hillary Clinton went to get the kids. Hillary went class. to get the kids. No, Julia left to get the kids. So we'll come We're, back. We'll come back to the point, but I want to say... 
it made my heart very happy to see that both Bill and Hillary Clinton were some of New York's electors. I know, right? Because I could just imagine her being like, ha, 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 motherfucker, you're going down. And they stop it. Anyway, okay. So yeah, yeah, the point is, how then do we, so we know. I think she's actually scared. System. I think she's how scared of us about that. Do, how do we, how do we dig in and reinvest in these education programs and finding ways to make sure that people know. So we're at a point now where we know folks need to be taught about the, the actual civil process. And so we need to be getting, we need to be writing to our, our legislators and getting schools to start, you know, we need to get the New York state board of regents and the New York state board of education to revisit how we do things in New York, perhaps. And maybe you should be doing this in your own home states if you're not in New York. Well, right. But so at that's... a community level, aside from organizing and reaching out to the people who we sent to office to help make these decisions, uh, because that is that is a hugely important and perhaps the one of the most civic-minded ways to to make the change. How do we as communities get Especially, so the point now is, how do we get young people before they can even vote interested so that by the time they can, they actually know what's going on and they're interested? And how do we get the people who have given up on it and who just don't care to come back to the table? Because those, are, I think, are two challenges that is, it's up to us, those of us who have admitted that we know there's a problem, it's up to us to now find that way to bring them back to the table or initially. So how, so, how do you propose, how do you think we can get them to do that? I... My my personal thoughts on all this is you have to start at a young age, right? Like, but you have to start with educating both the child and the parents, right? Like, we can't rely on just assuming that the information that you're giving to a kid in the school is actually going to seep into their head if it's not reinforced by them seeing that their parent is even contemplating it in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, well, we there are a lot of parents who it's the furthest thing from their mind right now. It is. They're worried about putting food on the table and keeping the roof over the head, and what's going to happen. And my kids are home now, and I just graduated high school, and I don't know this new. Math that I'm supposed to help with, or whatever, or they are working two or three jobs to be able to keep the heat on and the lights on, and right. So, so, and how do you connect with those people? I think it's the only way that you do it is through community initiatives. Uh, there you go, and you do it through community centers. So you get you bring back a resurgence of this kind of stuff. You get people who can help. You get you. You get people who are doing this kind of grassroots movement into community centers and into youth centers. Right. And you get them, but you get them, but it... So how do you get them there? Right? That's all, That's what I'm so, getting at, right? Like, like so what, I would argue at this point that um, if... That, so, for example, I think we worry too much about offending and upsetting certain donors in the nonprofit world because right, these donors have money. Right. Um, but I also think that at the end of the day, um, those of us in human services, those of us who are working in community centers and youth centers and senior centers, uh, 
in health centers, people who are working to help improve the lives of others have got to stop being afraid of something being politicized. Because I'll tell you right now, and I hear a lot of young people saying it, and it, I get it, but I also am frustrated by the idea of, you know, Democrats are weak, they don't say anything. Well, the problem is, like, this isn't even a Democrat or a Republican thing, but this, as soon as we say, we're going to bring in, we're going to start talking about civics lessons, and we're going to provide free classes to your teenagers so that they know how to vote. We're going to hold voter registration things for your teenagers. We're going to be able to give you information. Did you know that this law just happened? Here's what is a result of this law happening locally. As soon as you start doing that, you're going to have people, you're going to have people with big mouths, and you're going to have people with with easily bruised egos and deep pockets say, well, we can't support you anymore, or we're afraid to affiliate with you because you're becoming political. To which I say, we all need to stand up and say, bullshit. There's nothing political about teaching people how to take care of their community and to be American fucking citizens. There we go. Like, Thank that's you. That's not a political or radical oh. idea in any I'm, way, shape, or okay. form. So, yes. Uh, yes. It's, but it's got to be at the... So, yes, there have to be multiple approaches. And yes, we have to encourage reaching oh. out to our elected officials. But there has to be a grassroots community effort. And here's the thing. This is one of those things that is dire and is necessary. And it's okay if we duplicate this. Sometimes in the interest of being efficient, you don't duplicate services that other people are providing. Unfortunately, I wish that our bureaucratic heavy government operated that way because we do a lot of re repetition of services when we can just streamline the funding and have a single point. Let the counties get all of the money from the state and all the money from the federal government. Let those guys stay out. Your job is to give us the money. We got the money. Stay out. Let the counties who know their counties. By the way, that, that is actually real conservative. That's the way it's supposed to work. That that is real conservative, right? Like so, the we, idea of conservatism. Keep us from getting bombed. Give us the money we need from the taxes we pay. There you go. And then oh yeah. Let have us a, have run a ourselves. standard. Have a standard that every state lives by, so that when you move to you know and East Bumfuck, you got the same basic standard of healthcare or whatever. Right, and that's the problem. Every place, that every other there is does. there is no standard across. There's no standard. Bearer, if you will. I mean, so we're pretty blessed in that not only do we agree with a lot of things that our very blue state does, but our state happens to often be a state that is considered a high performer academically. If right. we, we still don't have a national, there's no national standard for education in this country. We don't have anything that no, says it's every run by the single states. state there should be a national standard that says if you graduate from Hudson Falls, New York, or if you graduate from Grand Rapids, Iowa, I think. Or, that was a great pull that out of your ass. Yeah, thank you. Um, is Grand Rapids in Iowa? So Julia's back, by the way. Um, oh, did you announce that I had left? Well, because we got off on quite a tangent. I'm like, God damn it, this happens we got when she's off, not Matt, here. Matt gets off all the time. I'm sorry. And I, just I know, I am pretty good at keeping I, him. I think I, we should be proud of me. I pulled us in. I can't wait I, listen, to hear it. It was, listen, I let it go for a while, and I was like, oh. I have my really I have my WWJ I'm still but, angry. But so the point <laughs> is, I agree with you. So just like with the duplication of services, I think at the education thing, we need to set educational standards that say if you graduate in Kentucky or Iowa or New York or Pennsylvania, you get the you are graduating you, with the exact same. Education. You know, you know what you just said would literally light 
some conservative people like but why they, they would blow up okay so i can actually i can hear them screaming at you right now but the idea could, like okay how could there okay be any argument against adequate education exactly. for because in their opinion ah, and you can because don't tell me you can't hear this we would be stepping all over states rights issues and what you're teaching them kids ain't right well, sir, you just improperly used the conjunction ain't, which means am not. So I would rather allow what has. Sorry. I would I, rather. I got a little, I got a little stereotypical. I know. Right. But the point because is. Because there are some of them that use the better English. It's the religious aspect. Actually, it's even beyond that right now, right? Like, how many times have you heard the idea? You can't listen to them elitists. Oh, yeah. You can't listen to those college educated people. I think that. That kind of stuff. Like, that's the problem, right? Like, the more but you know, in, the less they're going to so actually listen to you. circles, including your, well, no, let me, whoop, because that, oh, almost, that oh. almost came out real offensive and I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> your family is very conservative. Correct. Extremely educated family. So that's neither here nor there. When you were growing up, did they expect you to go to college? Yes. Yes. And all three of their children I shouldn't say attended. Relatively educated. Attended some form of college, correct? All three of their children. Yeah, I'm the only one that hasn't graduated. Well, that's a isn't that hilarious? That's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> the most yes, elite everybody, among them. Right? I I have been to co- like four different co- three four four different colleges, something like that. I know that you. But were no, in I have never actually graduated. No, I've been back to college, so I've been four times, four separate times, but. Three separate colleges. Does that that is sense? not the point that you are. It I, wasn't. I got on a tangent. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm there too. I'm it like, is, it I'm is like counting in my head. Wait a minute. <laughs> important to you, and I understand that. It's a, it's a good story to tell. It's funny. But circling back <laughs> yeah. to what we're talking about, your conservative family expected their children to go to college. Yeah, and it wasn't until after I got out of college and started like my generation started to actually like start talking about what they were learning that my parents started to say well what they taught you in that college it doesn't really matter so i'm gonna pose like, i mean it really there was actually a line it was like a fine line where it was like Did oh wait go you're gonna college? have an opinion not i mean he took a few classes and stuff but he never that was why he couldn't um, I mean, my dad says the same thing. Very. So my dad was very pro-education when I was a child. He was adamant that I was not going to have to work as hard as he had to work to make money. And then... How is he pissed that you didn't work as hard as him? Well, I, that's a, that <laughs> is also a conversation for a different <laughs> time. I feel like my dad said the same thing. And I'm right? working, Isn't that just I feel like I'm working harder than he wanted. I think he was just, I don't think that he realized that's the way that was going to go out. Because it's a different, kind of, it a I different mean, kind of work. I mean, I'm not going to have a he broken back at 60. Like, yes, he didn't not want to have calculator. to do manual labor like he had to do in right. order to make money. But he is also the first one to be like, well, you can't learn real things. And like, he's a big proponent of like a street smart education. Like, you're not really going to learn what's right. important unless you experience real life. So therefore, the things you learn in school are not as important. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't go to the same stream as your family, but that, that's right. Like there, and this is something that's happened over and over again, right? Every 
single generation has to deal with the idea of their parents feeling like it's not worth them taking over because they're they're just screwing everything up right like now i've always i've always said well if things are screwed up right now it's your fault it, it really isn't mine it's like the millennial thing and again this is a tangent i'm sorry do you know how many times people like will say derogatory things about millennials and i'm like Y'all yeah. raised us, right? We are exactly Who do you think made. We I, I are know. the Man. product of your choices. <laughs> you created this entire generation. Yes. Yeah. Not to mention, I got to see some of you guys raising over. the millennials, and yeah, yeah, you guys are at fault on that one. Anyway. Should we should we bring up the <laughs> argument we had this morning about how I'm ruining Declan for the rest of his life? Oh, I know it, right? Because whatever. Anyway, <laughs> no more. Tangent. We could have gone on a really good no tangent with that one. I had something to say to you. Oh, so it was the idea of, um, so our conservative parents yeah. wanted us to go to college because when they were young, college-educated people didn't have to work as hard, whereas we live in a different economy now where college-educated people have to work twice as hard as college-educated people did when our parents were in their 20s. Twice as many hours. We'll say that. I will say twice, like, I will say even harder. I can tell you right now that there are days I would prefer a back-breaking day of work over what I do. Mental and, like, the work? Like, right, because... The work that I do is a completely different kind of... The work that I do is going to cause me to have a heart attack student, at 37, not have a broken back. In order to pay off our student loans and to work in our field and to live and feed our children, we don't have to work one job. We have to work our one job that we went to school to be educated in order to do. Plus, we have to work one, sometimes two part-time jobs just to make ends meet. Right, that's if you can get a good job in your Right, field and then there all. are other people like myself who I have not worked in my chosen field since a year after I graduated from college because there was no work to be had. Right. So now, even though I, when you were in high school, I'm sure they were telling you. Yes, same thing. But here. when I was in college, they were saying this is the best time to get this degree because so many people are retiring. So I want everybody to know. And then all two of a years sudden, behind you, they were giving us the same thing, and, and then, then all, all of a sudden, of a sudden <laughs> so I was the five years. They have no retirement, and they all stick around. Yeah, <laughs> I was five years. And they were cutting budgets, and they weren't hiring new people. Oh, right. I was five years in front of you when they were saying that. Then. Because because <laughs> it makes sense as our population continues to grow, it makes sense that we're going to need more teachers. However, the economy kind of screwed that for us back. Right. And, and I I should preface by saying I'm sure there were jobs to be had. I if made you wanted to relocate horrible somewhere. choices in my twenties and therefore, you know, it is just as much a problem with the economy as it was my personal choices as to why I'm not working as an educator now. But well, right. Isn't that the hard part about... But you could circle that back around to the reason why I made those poor choices was because I didn't have the information that I needed when I well, started my adulthood. So I got myself into credit well, card debt and uh, blah, 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 and whatever. You, you could say that, that that's the cycle of most average Americans, right? Like, you get... You grow up in this place, and they keep feeding you this information that, oh, if you just work hard, right? You, you just... You, you just go to college, you get your education, 
you go back home and you work hard. You work 40 hours a week for this because company. Because that is how it works for them. Right? Like, that's what you're told. Like, look at your but, dad. That is exactly what your dad did. Yeah, working for, by the way, working, working for the federal government. Uh, like, I, I always like to throw that one in there. Uh, yeah. And his father, lifetime. his father working for GE. Which, by the way, all federal contract. <laughs> that is not the point. Oh, but it is the point. Our federal government literally makes this country work. I, you know, well, like, then it we just should irritates all work for me. the federal government. Well, not for them. It's just, it's got to work you with them. be sitting there wondering if you're going to work tomorrow? Because for some reason, now our elected officials keep waiting until the very last moment to pass a budget bill that and they do funds it. the government. They've been really doing it every year. Case worker in the state of Washington. That would be fun. Well, well, I don't know about it, fun, but it would be very rewarding. Important and rewarding. Yeah. So that's state, and a lot of the state workers tend to keep going until they lose their grant, which is usually done through different things and what. Yeah, I think we're spiraling, and we, we need so to wrap up. Um, you need to no, sorry. You're right. I do need to wrap up. Um, um so it's lit bit time. Um, uh, I think is, we I need to even, I, we need to start with Zach for today because Matthew and I are gonna struggle coming up with a lit bit for this afternoon. So evening, would you kindly? So lit bit now is like it's just that great moment. Yes, it's the, the it's the bit of the podcast that's lit. <laughs> it's a happy note because let's I face really it, we wish, talk about some. I just really wish that you could all see what just happened. <laughs> Once this is a legitimate and professional setup, and we have all the fancy stuff, I want cameras so that we can all yeah, stream it. If anybody wants, seriously, yeah. if you guys anybody wants to invest, I I have a, a place for us to do the studio. Um, yeah, but we need on our a, property, so it's, yeah. So we'll like, and be it, there. the structure is there. I just need a little bit to, uh, you know, enclose it in. I'm talking <laughs> a few thousand dollars for the equipment and all the stuff to do it. I'll do all the work. Stealing but. Your lip bit. Stealing your I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to steal your lipid. I was just throwing in a little bit of a like a, you know, shameless like, plug. It's not shameless at all. Like I, I <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm not even. Well, like, I mean, it is shameless. You're not. You're not full of shame. You. There's a shame. There's a little bit of shame to it. There's so, I don't like to ask for. No, anything, we were talking right? about like, this earlier. We're not asking for anything. We are expressing our value and letting people know that if they assist us, that look at all the things that we do with zero dollars. <laughs> no, and how much better it could be if we had funds. At least we would have a working studio. Our sound quality would be amazing. And I could spend so much time dedicated to editing and making it the most professional podcast out there. Right. And our like cutting and commercials and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then our, our March and May would be that much more professional. Anyway. <laughs> but so a little bit uh, that Zach is going to. So something you're happy about, something positive, something you're thankful for. Oh, there are so many things. Oh, that's a wonderful place to be. Okay, so here's the thing. For my own mental health, I have been actively taking the time to see the silver linings, to find them if I cannot. Um, I and uh, so I just got to do the, just got to do up our. We're doing an ad in, in the paper for the end of the year. Uh, and rather than a oh, this is what we've done, or, like, businesses can put in real ads, but mm-hmm. um, the paper's offering, like, the whole idea is the paper wants everybody to be cheery, and sure. so, um, 
or at the very least, like, we can do this, you know? Uh, ours was, you know, uh, very much in that thread, because that's where I've been operating from. It was like, you know, like, yeah, it's been a crappy year, but, you know, these two people are helping to feed their neighbors. And so, um, so we do an adopt-a-family program at work that is designed to help low-income families who are struggling normally for the holidays. Um, it provides food and some gifts for the children under age oh. 14. Um, that's awesome. You just have to live in our school in, in the school district school district within which our building resides. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise we just can't like but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So this one woman who lives in my neighborhood, lives in the trailer here, has just I just love her and she has this adorable family and this adorable little four year old. And we put out a call because we still needed a handful of families covered, you know. Um for obvious reasons. That has been the year from hell. Very, very small tangent. If you haven't seen the Match 2020-2021 commercial, you need to Google Match 2020 Satan commercial. It's hilarious. Satan goes on a date with 2020, and the two of them spend the entire year just bowling and skeet balling and hanging out and having fun. While And then at the end, he's all like, oh, I don't want this year to end. As it rains down fire from the sky. And she's like, I know. Love it. Good job, Match. Way to be Terrible. on the nose and make us laugh at the mirror. That's anyway. a bit on its own. Right. Go ahead. So Keep she going. messages me. So we put out the thing, and uh, within a few hours, we had to take it down. People just called in. They were messaging us. Oh, so I it was really, that. it was amazing. But so this, really so this neighbor of mine has been quarantining 100% the entire. Wow. Like. With a small child. With a small child. Like working from home. Like groceries ordered to home. Like. Helping out, like, do they, they do stuff in the like in our little neighborhood, you know, to help out because we've started different things. But anyway, so she got all of the shopping done, and she said, "She's like, you know, can I just drop it off your house?" Which of course I said, "Yes, right, and I'll bring it to work." But she said something I'm gonna terribly misquote her, but at any rate, she said this was absolutely something that she is glad that they had the opportunity to do this year, uh, especially considering the year because there's a chance for her to be able to do something new with her son and to show him that there are other people who don't always have it as easily as, you know, they have the means to be able to have their groceries delivered. We can, you know, they are both educated and they can help to teach him and he's doing his school virtually and they are not struggling in the ways that other people are. And so it was a very nice, it was very nice that she was like, it was a chance for her, them to teach him how to take care of other people in the community. It really just made me feel so happy. Yes, I love That's that. That's my lip bit. So I have to say, listening to you talk, um, yes, you are very inspirational. So inspirational. Um, So I was able to enjoy not only Friendsgiving this year, but I was also invited to a Friends Miss, which was a group of our friends who got together to celebrate Christmas just as friends, which is beautiful and lovely and made me very happy. But... The gift that I was given by my secret Santa was this book called City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I have always been a voracious reader until I had children. And then my brain just broke and I was no longer able to enjoy reading until there have been a handful of books throughout 10 years that I've been able to enjoy. But this book, I'm like devouring it. Isn't it amazing? It is so good. And the best part is that it's not really about anything. Like if you were to tell somebody like, oh great, what's your book about? Like not really anything, but it is so good that I can't stop reading it. I love it. It's so good. I literally get out of bed earlier in the morning to be like, 
if I get up now, I can have 30 minutes to read before I have to get everybody else up and ready and like, because I love it so much. So. I write and teach English and even I'm like, uh, no. Sleep or more reading, I'll take the sleep. Right. And that's usually how I am. But it's been lovely. And it has like just reawakened my love of like, I just want to read everything around me and all the time. Right, because she just has this amazing creative. And you need to read Big Magic if you haven't. Have you read it already? Yes, I have um, it. I'll give it to you. Well, yes, But I'll please. give it to you. I appreciate that. Yes. But I was going to give it to you for your birthday. So I will cross that off the list oh. and uh, replace it with something else. Okay, then. Yes. Uh, I I'm love glad it. we brought this up. So, so um, <laughs> anything Eat, Pray, Love, or Later, I have. Okay. If you're thanking her. Because I love her. I love her, too. But she did write. I know this is a It was more just sorry. that the color of the... First of all, the book sounds amazing and right up your alley. It's so amazing. But also, the cover of it matched the rest of your present. Oh, okay. So I, okay. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I mean, unless it's an updated edition with a different cover. But... We'll, we'll have to talk off here. But at any rate. So, what's your lit bit? Okay. That you get to hang out with these two lovelies? Of course. <laughs> that, that yeah, I mean, that's a legitimate lit bit. But no, um, actually, my, my lit, lit so bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was half asleep while we were rambling. <laughs> I was. I, I I almost passed out a little bit. I, I may have had some medicinal. The rest of the world hates. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm just kidding. I love that's you. That's what I do when you two start talking politics. <laughs> I Can may... I read my book? Is that rude? <laughs> it's never rude to bring a book to my house. So I had she some. Made me I swear, if you had cracked that sucker open, we could have just bonded and snuggled in bed and read it together. Like, for real. <laughs> what part are you at now? Let me know when you get here so we can I've talk been, about it. I'm not normally. Yes, like, yes. I had to stop my wife from uh, bringing a book to, uh, to hang out with our friends. Yeah, like I mean, that's. Uh, but that's I have scary. been practicing because there was something that you said once when you were reading a book about how you like to underline things and like jot little notes. And I do that in books that are like informational. Mm -hmm. I don't typically do it in fictional books, but this one I have been because there are times where I'm like, I want to talk to Zach about this. I wonder what he was thinking about this when he read this part. That's fantastic. Anyway, I should, should have a whole podcast just about books because we, we should one. talk it we all day. Talk, we should have. We no, they have another podcast that they still haven't gotten done because the two of them, you know, are, are incredibly busy human beings and spend a no. lot of our time working Just, on your projects. <laughs> so be that, nice. That is, oh. <laughs> be nice. That, that is, <laughs> you know that moment when your best friend and your wife gang up on you at the exact same moment because you thought you could throw shade? Yeah. Picture that That's face just, right now. Uh, That's him. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it's, 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 so what's your genie lit bit? Okay, so my lit bit for today is in, okay, so in mine and Julia's relationship, um, we've gotten to this place that is a place that I've never been like in, in a relationship with any other person, period, right? Like when we when we have um, an argument or when something goes wrong, right? Like like our whole entire day today? Literally from... The yeah. beginning of the day until yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So there are these it's moments that, that we've realized have happened and they happen every time we have real a real argument, like, right? Like a real fight. Mm -hmm. And there, there is... It's, it's these triggers that the two of us both have, 
right? Like, I am triggered by the feeling, like, where she's ignoring me, right? Like, where she's just trying to blow me off. She doesn't want to listen to me. And today, she did tell me to shut up and go away, which really did not help. But In context, it made sense. It did. It did. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Like I said, it's a trigger. It's not. It's not something that I, I'm not even sure for everybody. It would have, you know, made right. them as angry, right? Like, but it made me angry, right? Like, oh, if Ryan told me to shut up again, in context, maybe I would have been smart enough to not. But <laughs> but he does that to me all the time. Like yesterday, right, I, I went to show him a meme, and he was like, "I can't deal with that right now." And I, was, I put the phone down. He's like, "Well, I'm sorry." I'm like, "I don't care. It doesn't stop." defending you blowing like i don't care it wasn't that important because it's not my trigger i don't <laughs> you can tell but, me to shut up it's fine <laughs> so when i when i got triggered i yelled at her right like and i do it because i am a an italian german hothead um <laughs> that's that was a nice way to put it it was actually a lot nicer <laughs> than i thought she was gonna be He's we've had it. We've had it. We've had a really rough day, and I'm really surprised she was that nice about it. Um, but yes, so. he gets anxious or triggered or upset, and he blows up and is mean and nasty and loud. And even though today, I will admit, most days I get really mean and nasty, and I like say whatever comes to my mind as hurtful as it can possibly be. Do you mean you held back today? I, Did you? I, have I don't think I was worse things. I, I don't think I hold on. Wait, no, I don't think I was. In, you're not in trouble. Right. No, no. I was going to say I was very, very specific on the things okay. that I was actually angry about instead sure. of just throwing general, like really just hurtful kind of things. That's so he true. maintained awareness he and did. focused on was what was ups- not saying that I, I did it in the best way possible because Listen, there were some really, really choice words in there. But his point is, is that when he gets loud, that is my trigger. Right. I get very upset and hurt when people yell and scream at me. I can't take it. And so that makes me quiet. Right. right? You yell. I shut down, which then makes him more angry because he thinks I'm ignoring him, which makes him care. yell louder. Right. It's, it's the, the whole vicious cycle. But because now we know that. So, and that's, so this is actually what, so I know that that was like, oh my God, how are they dealing with each other? So this is my limpet, right? Like, so after years of doing this, like, and we don't do it very often, right? Like we kind of do it a little bit more often now because you see me start to blow up and we kind of go at it and we work through it, right? That's the point that we actually, instead of just allowing it to fester. Right. Where, we have learned how to be in conflict productively with each other. So today <laughs> we have this like blow up where she, she like literally leaves the house. I didn't <laughs> I mean, she's say out. anything. She didn't, she just, she just, just grabbed my keys and walk out the door. <laughs> she was gone. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Oh shit! Right, like, oh, what so do I do now? And I'm like, my mom, she's so mad at me. And I was like, I was she's the mad furthest she, thing from that. Because she, she left, right? Like, she she just she just left me. <laughs> so she's got to be mad, right? Like, so she gets back home. We kind of yell at each other for another. I did not yell when I. Got I, her. I yelled at her. Yeah, okay. okay, I I let me definitely correct that one i yell at her let's be honest i did lose a thousand dollars and our children's christmas presents 
Yeah. So he had every right to be upset. <laughs> so I did not come she in all did. hot saying, oh, how dare you be upset with me right now? I fully understood what I had done and the terribleness of it. <laughs> oh, that, that that's exactly how that would have played out in our house. Are you so if anybody knows anybody yellow? with a smaller dog puppy, just, you know, let us know. Just email us. Just, just... Million reasons to vote at gmail.com. Yeah, million reasons to vote.org. Isn't that right, Phoebe? <laughs> Our oldest daughter happens to be in the room at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and now you know why she's my favorite. <laughs> anyway, so my my lip bit is the fact that we we now work this stuff out in a matter of you know hours instead of days. Where mm-hmm. at the beginning of our relationship, when when things would boil over. And we would allow them to boil over right. because neither of us would actually talk to each other about what was actually going on. We we ended up getting to that this point now where we we communicate in a way that doesn't allow it to get overly bad, even though I still yell and I, I am I am who I am kind of a deal and she okay, puts but me it's in a my place. Of understanding each other and understanding I am feeling triggered. But I know that his intention is not to tear me down. Right. And and vice versa. So, and a little bit of a, um, I don't know, kind of a personal growth with this one. Like, where mm-hmm. in the idea of, I think that, I think that a lot of us get triggered by what another person says, another what another person does, that we don't understand the context behind it, right? Like, right. we hear somebody say stuff like, uh, the idea of taxes or this or that or the other thing when it comes down to politics and we're triggered based on our preconceived notions because of the people that we've already met that have these, you know, the, the same thoughts or the same right. ideas. But the truth is everybody that you meet is going to be an individual. There's not going to be any one of them that's going to agree a hundred percent with the next guy. I can guarantee even the Trumpers don't agree with a hundred percent of what Donald Trump says like that. We have to understand that most people don't even know what Donald Trump is actually talking about because they don't have the time to sit there and listen to it. We got to give them the benefit of the doubt in the idea of you can't you can't excise them from the people that are their support group if you're going to not be their support group too. You can't make them make no, everybody around a them good hate topic them. for another day. It, it, and we will get that for a topic. But we need to start, we need to start jot, we have we should Ooh. jot these down. We should. I usually put them in my phone while we're recording. But anyway, let's wrap up. Thank yeah. you for being patient with our a little bit longer, not terribly longer, but a little bit longer podcast today, and all of our beautiful tangents and ridiculousness. We are hopefully you guys enjoy that. And daughters, that's right. Um, so, as always, you can find us on all of the social medias. The social medias. At Million Reasons to Vote. <laughs> which, which are what? Instagram, right. Facebook. Oh, those things. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like the Google. I, I am, I like am the, Google. the Google. Okay, I, I know the Google. <laughs> and no, also, Million I, Reasons. I am your resident old man. That's right. And Million Reasons to Vote at gmail.com. We would love to hear what your reasons are for voting and living in community and educating and all of those things. Yeah, especially uh, if you want to 
throw your, your answer to the question that I posed to Matthew in Julia's absence, which is, we know that it's broken. Outside of writing to our elected officials, how do we fix it? We discussed community efforts. Are what? you on the same page? Do you have another idea? We want to hear it. And do you want to shout out the Monroe Community Center? Well, you just yeah. did. Well, do you have the show what? social medias? Oh, of course we do. Of course we do. The Monroe Community Center is on Facebook, and we have a website, MonroeCommunityCenter.org. And we have, what else do we have? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. We're you everywhere. Snapchat? We're working. Business? We're working on getting into the, we're a community center, it's a little bit different. We're working oh, on sure. getting into the younger groups. We'll have to talk about that after. All right. <laughs> have a great night. Peace. Bye.